0: The reason why I did a print ad and said F-150 starting at 29999 or 29995 whatever your number is, it's called psychological pricing. I want them to round down and think, man, I can get a truck for 29 grand. So it does work mm-hmm. if they hear it or see it. Problem is they're not buying cars off-print radio or TV anymore. They're going online and they've got a budget and especially this economy. They're going to say, I want a 30 grand truck and you're not going to show up for that dollar. So it's not worth the loss.
1: Don't wait around for the up bus. Get in the driver's seat and take control of your operations. Are you ready to increase profitability, have better processes and get proactive with your operations? Welcome to the Up Bus Podcast. Here's your hosts, Jason Harris and Jason Rice. Hey, 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 what's going on? Podcast Nation is Jason Harris here along with Jason Rice. That's right. You get two doses of Jason today on the one, the only, the oh so famous Up Bus Podcast. That's right. This is the Up Bus Podcast where we get to talk about anything and everything we want to talk about when it comes to automotive operations strategies and just basically getting stuff done you guys thought i was gonna use a different word but <laughs> i <again>. did uh <laughs> behaved yourself i behaved myself today i'm you gonna get kicked off the bus <laughs> hey, actually you know what jason i gotta ask you did did you ever get kicked off the bus no come on really no. i just you know i figured you would probably be one of those kids in the back making the noise that wasn't you huh
0: no no too quiet too reserved all right back sure. then at least I was definitely the
1: one got kicked off the bus. In fact, I remember getting kicked off the bus enough one week. My mom had to drive me. That was a very bad week for me. I was
0: (laughs) never getting kicked off the bus again. Are you?
1: I definitely got kicked off the bus a handful of
0: times. Uh,
1: Anyways, (laughs) for everyone out there watching, listening, thank you for taking the time to join us today. We have some great topics Um, to kind of kick off our first topic. You know, I was thinking about this actually during the last podcast that we had together and just all the things that we have to juggle, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like when I think of new car operations, used car operations, you know, service parts operations, it's just, it's operationally sometime overload. And because there's just so many things we have to juggle uh, because everything can be equally as important, you know, and I want to kind of hone in specifically into, you know, used car operations um, you know, that constant juggle of age, demand, and profitability. I mean, how many times have I been in a meeting where I've sit there and pricing out vehicles and I'm literally arguing all three of those in my head, like simultaneously having three different arguments with myself? But I'd love to kind of get your thoughts, Jason, on how
0: how do we how do we juggle these three? Hey, well, I think What we always talk about is the first 30. It's just, to me, it's that. Um, Matter of fact, it's our second core value with the dealership. First one being putting dealers first for our company, putting dealers first, and then the second core value is uh, first 30. Everything that we do to build out or everything we help dealers with is, has to help them increase the amount of cars they sell in the first 30 days. I think if you just focus on that, okay, what percentage of your sales are going out the first 30 days? When's the best time to make the most money on a car? when it's fresh okay do you want to increase or decrease the odds of it selling why it's fresh we want to increase it and then if you can get 60 to 7 percent of your 60 to 70 percent of your sales in the first 30 days and we have some dealers doing 80 percent of their sales if they sell 100 cars 80 of them are going to be less than 30 days old and that's where the profit is and that really minimizes any cars bleeding through becoming age and it helps maximize gross profit potential it's as easy as that right. i should say it's as simple as that but it's not easy uh, it's simple uh, but not easy and so once you focus there there's all these other um connectors that you know it's, a, it's like a, a roots going down it's if not why okay is it my average investment went up i got too many trucks not enough intermediate car- what's throwing that off and but that's the one area that when you can control and focus on that will impact the rest does that answer your question? I guess. No, no, it does. I
1: mean, I'm thinking about it. You know, it's like if I, you like know, I said, I've had these three arguments simultaneously in my head, right? When I go to figure out a pricing on a vehicle or something along that lines, it's just like I have an age uh, argument, I have the, the 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 demand argument because I know there's a lot of. A lot of dealers out there are using companies like Viato and other solutions out there that are able to identify demand and days of stock and so on, you know. And then there's just the overall profitability with it. But I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. If I'm if I'm focusing on age and demand, the profitability is always there. But here's where I always kind of trip myself up. I guess I get tripped up in the demand portion, right? You know, because it's like there's 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 demand that let's say I have a Viados type tool or something along that line. So let's call it, you know, an industry analyzing solution. All right. So there's, it's showing me what the demand is out there, but then, you know, there's my own demand at my dealership. Right. So yeah. it's, which which, which, which little voice in my head do I listen to?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's, um, you know, when it, we, so the hard part is, is a lot of dealers, especially since COVID when it comes to used cars, Mm-hmm. They've cut back on purchasing vehicles because again, what was available at the, and a lot of dealers, if they went from 150 cars on their lot down to 60 or 70 cars on their lot, a lot of had to do with the fact they stopped buying and they just deal with trade-ins. And so they sure. have less inventory. So my point is wh- when you're dealing with, with your inventory that way, like there's a lot of dealers. I go in and we talk to that, oh, we don't, we really don't buy cars. It's mostly trades or, you know, service drive or private party acquisition. Um, you can't control what you trade for. So you might be trading in cars that have little to no demand for sure. But I also think consumers are more open in today's market. And the fact that I think they're more segment and price loyal than they are brand or make model loyal, Mm -hmm. they might have a few in in mind that they like or want to have, but if they can't get that or sold out from underneath them or they can't find it, I think they're going to say, hey, I want a large pickup truck around 30 grand. What can I buy? And I prefer this, this or this. Um, and so I think when it comes to managing, it, it depends. If you are acquiring 80% of your inventory and you get to pick and choose what you're going to buy and how you're going to buy mm-hmm. it, obviously you want to buy those cars that have demand. But well, let me ask you that. What is a good mix? Because
1: I, I, I look, I, I hear what you're saying, right? Like, I mean, I would say I first started operating my dealership that way. It was just whatever came in. It's ultimately whatever we sold then i got more involved into the auctions and i started buying things i actually wanted like what's
0: what would you say is a is a good mix of purchase to trades yeah well it's gonna all de- depend you had mitsubishi stores right yep. you ain't trading much right <laughs> so you're 80 uh buying right but if i got a high high volume toyota store and we're leasing a lot of cars we have good service retention and customer retention I probably don't have to buy nothing. So 90%, 95% of my inventories trades. So it all depends if you're an independent dealer or a used car, independent dealer, you're not getting a lot of trades. Mm-hmm. If you are there are cars, you're probably wholesaling because you're selling a, a 16 and you're getting an 11 traded in India. That's, you know, worn out. So um, it all depends. And basically all you need to know is what that number is. If you're at 30% purchases, versus trades just try to improve it okay mm-hmm. trades are easier to sell better gross profit less likely to get aged um you got a story behind it so the more trades you can get the better your inventory sits. but you just got to figure out where you're at and move from there because each store again is going to be different based on its profile um of course. and so I wouldn't get tied up and well, you know, Jason says I should only have, you know, I should have 70% trade-ins. Well, again, being a Mitsubishi store that sells 10 new Mitsubishi's or a Fiat store, you know, there's only so much business you're going to do to get trade-ins on a new car that way that um, it's just not going to be successful then just know where you're at and then try to improve it. And then let's kind of go into a little bit farther, kind of deeper down
1: the rabbit hole of profitability, right? You know, um, you know, they the vehicles aging, but I have tools out there telling them the demand is still up. What do I do?
0: Well, here, if there's demand and your car's not moving, you have to see internally um, photos, descriptions, what's causing, if there's that much demand, why do you not have traffic? Either that or maybe you do have traffic, leads, 5, 10, 15 leads on that car, but your team's not following up with them. So it's either going to be a, a marketing marketing being my comments my descriptions my photos problem could be a physical problem have you had ups on it have people gone yeah. up to it and the battery's dead a car smells like smoke or it's just not you know the the right equipment um but if, it, if it's that then sometimes price has to overcome it so then that's the next element is it a pricing problem at that point in time am i just too? am i asking too much um well and that's that's a perfect segue kind of to our next topic because we're going to start talking
1: about pricing strategies right mm-hmm. you know i i think too often when 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 we think uh pricing strategies you know a lot of people are that we're talking about profitability age and demand but i don't think that's the only type of pricing strategies out there um you know i'm I, I see you know um let's call it you know some of the more progressive dealerships i've worked with who you know who really understand you know their conversations and how many times the phone is ringing how many ups are coming in how many leads are coming in through the website that you know yet you know you keep in a mindset of pricing for age demand and profitability but then you're also pricing to maximize leads and days on the lot um so you know i I wanted to go a little bit we've talked about this a couple times but i wanted to go farther down this rabbit hole of pricing strategies is not just always about profitability First profitability is the byproduct, I guess, of us moving it. But yeah. well, let's—I want to get your thoughts. Pricing strategies that
0: maximize leads and days on lot. Well, my first go-to would be what I call flat pricing, meaning you're going to price a car at a flat number, like twenty grand, not nineteen nine ninety-five or thirty grand or thirty-one thousand. Um, twofold. There, there's multiple reasons why I would do that, but the first being again your job as a used car managers, you get eyeballs on your car. Now you've got to become a marketing manager. And I've yet to really met too many used car managers that went to school for marketing. But um, because before we just waited for ups and our salesmanship helped us sell cars. And now it's okay, I just need eyeballs. Once I get the eyeballs, I got to get the clicks. When I get clicks, I got to get the lead or the appointment or the show. Um, So the first is eyeballs. And if somebody goes online and says, hey, I want a Ford F-150, 30 to 35 grand, Mm-hmm. and you're priced at $29,999, you're going to miss that search for $1. And the reason why, now I'm not saying that $29,995 doesn't work. Sure. Um, but they have to, it, it works for print, radio, or TV. They got to hear or see that price to go, wow, I can get a truck for twenty nine dollars Because it's called psychological pricing. Yep. Uh, the reason why I did a print ad and said, F-150 starting at $29,999 or $29,995, whatever your number is. Um it's called psychological pricing i want them to round down and think man i can get a truck for 29 grand and the problem and so it does work mm-hmm. if they hear it or see it problem is they're not buying cars off print radio or tv anymore they're going online and they've got a budget and especially this time economy economy they're going to say i want a 30 grand truck and you're not going to show up for that dollar so it's not worth the loss second thing is Uh, another strategy on it, it would be what we call priming the car. If I go into my inventory tool and I say, okay, market average is 30 grand. It's day one. I want to put it at 30 grand. And the problem with that is your photos probably aren't done yet. And it's not fully lot ready yet. And so you're going to get a lot of eyeballs on your car because you price it at 30. That's a a common search. Problem is no one's clicking on it or coming in because you only have your five temporary photos and it's not the best. And then by the time the photos and stuff are done. You probably have to start adjusting. You start dropping the price, and now you missed all the eyeballs. So, the first, second strategy is is what we call priming the car. I went put it at 30,000 out the gate, I put it at 30,005. And I like $500 or 250 increments because a lot okay. of people say, if I do 30 grand, then what? If I got to drop the price, do I do 100? Do I do? So, I do 500. Anyways, I would start that 30 grand car out of 30,005. And why doing that is, um, Again, it's fresh on in my inventory. So maybe I will get some eyeballs on the car, but mm-hmm. what I wanna do is build up for what I call the trifecta. I'm gonna wait that whatever, five, seven, 10 days that it took to get the car fully photoed, ready for sale. So 30,005 day one, by day seven, let's say it's fully photoed, ready for sale. I'm gonna drop it to 30 grand for the trifecta. The first one is I get that 30 grand sh- shopper, mm-hmm. right? That's one. I'm going to get my full, full full set of photos. So they're going to actually click on it and pay attention to it. And then the third thing is a lot of these websites will give you a price reduced. All right. Um, so it'll say price up, reduced up, once up. you do that kind of adjustment on it. So it's a like price reduced photos are there and you're hitting this prime bucket. And now all of a sudden your car gets a lot more exposure that way. And then the third element to all this is if you're a negotiating store, think about it. If you guys negotiate, I know everybody tries sure. not to, but what happens with the $29,995 is again, you're psychologically setting the customer up for a lower number. So when you come in to do a pencil and you, uh, $29,995 plus doc fee or any in equity, and your first pencils, $31,792, the customer jumps out of their seat. Whoa, that's way too high. And then your next question is, well, what were you thinking, Mr. and Mrs. Customer? And they're gonna say 29 grand and your next thing is well where'd you come up with that number well if i psychologically set you up that way that's where they came up with the number. so now the battle's on i'm at 20 they're at 29 because i psyched them up that way and i'm at 31.7 we're worlds of apart, and we start giving up gross to try to make that deal and me at flat pricing thirty thousand, i can't have that company. where'd you come up with that number well you've seen cheaper ones out there well if i match the 29.99 can i earn your business right so by doing the flat pricing, you've positioned yourself not to be manipulating the customer. Mm-hmm. you've you know you are the one that's at a, at, a, at a flat number. There's a whole strategy behind that strategy. like I said I'm, I always teach a dealer um, um, think of a chess player. think of move five before you do move one. meaning again, if average market price is 32 grand mm-hmm. and I'm out the gate at 32 grand, um, well, my next move, my next big thought is okay, where's 30 grand at? Okay, so 32 grand is 100% of market. I tell a dealer, even it's day one, put 32 in 100%. Okay, now throwing 30 grand. Oh, that's 90%. Okay, so if 30 grand is 90%. We're at 100%. When would you want to get to 90%? Would that be exactly. day 30? Would that be day 40? Uh, probably day 30, day 40. Okay, so 33, 32 now. And wait it. 7 to 10 days you go 30,000 315 then you go to 31 and then you go 30,005 and then you hit your 30 grand by day 30 or 40 to get off of it at it 90% of market right so there's again there's a lot of strategy behind that but it's it's position yourself to get get eyeballs and exposure and you're, yes. you could be costing yourself by doing these 100 year old 29 985 <laughs> no. psychological pricing strategies
1: but, you know, what? you're absolutely right. I mean, I think anybody out there watching listening right now, if you're going to take you know, anything away from this episode, maybe just a series, just go do that. Go do that one bloody thing because I'm with you. Like, um, there's no filter. Like when I filter things, if I'm shopping for stuff, like I'm, I'm looking for a new home. I do the exact same thing. You mm-hmm. know, I don't go shopping for a home for $8.99, 9 dollars Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody does. Exactly. <laughs> that you know you you put in from you know the dollar amount the leg- a million
0: million and a half you know something and like that's that it. sure. and it's yeah. whatever
1: kind of falls in between there but if for some reason uh the automotive industry just kind of step with the whole newspaper mentality and it does work i mean i do agree like if i'm putting anything in print or anything kind of out there yeah i i would i did the exact same thing you did it you know 29999 or 297777 put it on the
0: windshield it works but put it on online in- 30 grand it doesn't make any sense now i i really do like now hold on a lot of, legally you can't at some stage you can't advertise two different prices we understand that so i get it i, get it. I get hear it. through that well no, yeah no, but, but but but
1: for the most part where are people buying it okay they're not buying it in, they're not buying the car and print. Anymore. they're buying the car online that's where they're anyways we that's another topic that'd be another podcast but yeah um one of the thing i kind of wanted to uh uh go a little farther down uh with you on is just kind of this this i this idea of uh, pricing high and kind of coming into it, right? Because like, I mean, I know it's so funny because like I'm home shopping, right? And what notifications do I get for home shopping? Is which houses just drop by Price five thousand, right? Yeah. Price reduces. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, you know, that was a good deal, but gosh, it's getting, it's getting, it's becoming a better deal, yeah. you know? And and so no, I can see. You know, like, and I did. It's so funny because I can actually see this playing out literally for myself. I was looking at this house; they dropped the price by ten thousand. I called my real estate agent, and said, "Hey, can you find out?" Because I just, I'm not sure why they, why, you know. Mm-hmm. They called back. He gave me an answer, legitimate one. I was like, "Oh, that's making a good deal kind of look a little better." But no, I love the psychology of that, and I think anybody out there watching, listening, like, that's that that is a strategy that. I would 100% but but it's also it's the point to you're you're getting into it not to turn those eyeballs into conversations right Mm -hmm. and better to have a conversation about saying hey I saw that on your website but last week it was $900 more you know what what's the what do you guys what happened you know Mm -hmm. anyways I also think from because we talk about switch leads a lot and I you know I love the concept of switch leads what a better reason to contact someone uh, you know, to go, Hey, by the way, to let you know, this is 900 bucks cheaper now, (laughs) you know, (laughs) okay. Uh, for our last topic today, I want to go into, you know, holding firm, um, versus kind of, you know, discounting, you know, we've talked about this kind of in the past, we just talked a little, a little bit, you know, of, you know, but it's this data analysis and we're always looking at marketing trends. We have so many examples of, of doing data-driven decision, you know, when it comes to pricing, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to the way that we have conversations, you know, and I think everybody out there is like, okay, okay, Jason, Jason, we get it. This is a data business. Now I'm in the business of data. I get it. But I I think there's some amazing success stories. And we've talked about a few of them offline and we've never had a moment where we're like, we just said like, Hey, you know, this guy caught one. It was this big. Um, (laughs) <laughs> what would be just off the top of your head, what would be one of like uh, the more memorable, like data driven, like success stories you've seen, you know, over this last year? Ooh, I know, right. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Curveball there. No, I mean, I, again, I think it has to do with what we focus on is controlling what you could control. We call it work. The facts, WTF work, the facts. And so when we can expose, cause a lot of the, dealers that we talk to they're they're chasing the market data when i say you got to be cautious of what data you follow and so um you know when we expose hey a lot of that market data is inaccurate right now and and, then a lot of the dealers manipulate the data to uh, make it look like a great or fair deal online and it's not true or uh, there's dealers that put a car at 20 grand Online, and then it says does not include two grand worth of financing or trading at the dealership. So is it really 20 grand or 22? So if I'm buying into that market data, uh, that can be a lot of times misleading. Instead, let's step back and look at your data and go, you're heavy in trucks, you're heavy in 31 to 45 grand uh, or, or 31 to 45 age bucket, you're heavy in 40 to 45 thousand dollar inventory. And then if you combine all that together and saying, hey, here's a truck that's 35 to 40 grand sitting in my 31 to 45 bucket, wrap your arms around that and own it. That's your inventory. And so um, now that you have a truck that has three things going against it, you're heavy in trucks, you're heavy in 35 to 40, you're in an age bucket that you're they're not selling enough out of. And you happen to have no leads and you haven't changed the price in 10 days. You know, for them to see that eye opening and going, OK, now what? and and again coming up with the game plan i'm not just looking at what's happening in the market what's the average price out there it's another thing to know what they're actually selling for i mean if the average price is 38 grand but they're leaving the market at 35 that's two different two different things but do you know that and then not only that what do you sell them for do you sell them at 90 percent of the market because it's not a good car it's a you know it's an audi on a ford lot you know, that, your team doesn't know or understand and that might have to leave your lot at 90 percent. but if it's a ford on a ford lot um you might be able to sell it 98 percent, regardless of how the whole toyota and honda stores pricing them sure so it's it, it's just getting dealers to kind of take that step back and trusting again data's data's great but you got to figure out what the source is and so if you're chasing one source and not looking at the other especially when it's your own um that's where I think dealers get caught and that's kind of been the eye opening thing as you've uh, seen this last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of dealers are reaching out to us right now because the market data is not working for them right now. It's just, <laughs> I can't keep up with it. It's changing too fast. I don't know what we're missing. Why, why are our sales been cut 30%? And it's like, well, the market's shifting, but you haven't done nothing about it on your end. You're, you're doing the same motion. So, um, to open their eyes up talked
1: about it in the past of you know it's like you can't just rely on market trends and also do you want to be one of those comp you know those operations that just follow you know the trend as much as you really need to kind of know your your own data and what is that data telling you right there's and and you know there's there's look the, i look at this as like data and the way that we Um, digest data is there's many different tools that allow us, but they're just tools, you know, it's kind of like the way I was thinking about it. Well, I was talking to one of your analysts the other day, actually about this. And, you know, we were kind of talking about in the reference to like a gym, like you go to the gym, they're just workout machines. That doesn't mean they do anything for you. (laughs) unless You do something with them or effectively know what to do with them. You know, um, and then I think that's kind of what we're, what we're talking about here. It's like, I look, like I said, I think it's it's one thing to know the data is there. It's another thing to know how to use it. And, you know, there's a reason why, you know, I, I, I have a personal trainer, you know, someone that's going to kind of walk me through that. And I'd love to kind of kind of get your thoughts on this, because I've seen mm-hmm. our industry start to split when it comes to the way it approaches technology. It's almost kind of I actually appreciated it because it almost feels like we're, we're, we're stepping back to move forward again. There was this, you know, I would say there was a good period of time that, you know, all of our new technology that was coming out in our industry was very self serve. Here you go. Like just eat this diet pill, take this, take this diet drink and you know, your operations is going to be better. Right. Um, you know, now it's like we're kind of getting back to a space where it's like, no, I, I, I need these tools, I need these, these workout machines, but I also need someone to coach me and guide me you know, but I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on this. Is like, do you still feel like there's room for this do it yourself, you know, gyms, or do you like the because gyms are? I, I'm gonna use the analogy of gyms, right? Like, do you do, do, you do the 24 hour fitness or do you go for the orange theory?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, yes, you need somebody to navigate your team with your team. I, I well, here's the reason why. I mean, again, you go what was it march of 2020 we're going on four years now of COVID, right so think what's the average term of a newer used car manager a newer used car sales staff right they probably only know that so they don't know what it was like prior to that or they barely remember it they might have thought it built up to that and then now it's going back down it's like no it's always been here It just this was a bubble and um so when your team has an experience or know that before and how to navigate that, um, that's where that trainer comes in. Right. It's like, I mean, you ever, talk about going to the gym and you look at one of the machines there and you're like, how do you do this? And you're like looking at the little diagrams to understand how to actually work the machine. Um, but the fact that you don't understand it, you're probably not still not using it properly. Um, and so that's kind of what the market's doing right now. There's this, there's, 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 there's it's a machine that's a, that they never seen before. And it's like, what the heck is this thing doing? Does this work your neck or your thighs? And so this is, this is that market and we don't, you know, and that's, well, i started in 97 but i was traveling all over the country helping dealers with inventory management in 05 06 07 08 09 10 when dealers went through the recession and lost their franchises and so you know i've been through all this before never been through that COVID bubble before and that's the thing um but now we're coming back to normal and that's where yes you need somebody to have that i mean again would you rather have a physical trainer that lost 100 pounds and got in shape and, and or versus somebody that's never had a weight problem exactly even though they're in shape you're like man that guy's in shape yeah but he's never had a weight problem that trainer has <laughs> lost 100 pounds and they've kept it off for five years and, and I want to know what that guy's doing right this guy's just got good metabolism that doesn't <laughs> help me um so yeah you want somebody to have that experience and stuff um again, everybody had good metabolism through COVID. They didn't need any help. Everybody's staying in shape. Everybody's inventory is flying off the shelves. And that's the hard part. Their pride and ego got in the way too. And that's where some, somebody coming in and, hey, you gained 50 pounds since COVID. This ain't as easy as you thought,
1: right? <laughs> it's 50 pounds. So we need to kind of shed our proverbial um, operational 50 pounds. And uh, well, nobody, you're right though. I, I I mean, look, it's true. You know, it's i love the fact that you brought up you know a different type of coach right because that is one thing i've kind of found in our industry is there's a lot of let's call them self-defined experts oh self-proclaimed there we go self-proclaimed experts you know out there and you know, th- that's the one thing I love about data, but I also hate about data because we can kind of string any story we really want together. We'll just find the data points that effectively, you know, help us with that with that story. But it's it's looking at you know the different type of coaches out there and finding that coach that lost that hundred pounds and it kept that hundred pounds off for five years, you know. And 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 I think for anybody out there watching, listening, I don't care what part of your operations you know you're looking at, if it's new car or used car or service or parts or collision, whatever it is, you know, do you effectively have a personal trainer inside your dealership uh, that has been through the toils, you know, or do you have, you know, a 19-year-old barista um, who's also a life coach? Um, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You like that one, right? The life yeah, of the 9 yeah, year old yeah, yeah. Uh, barista. That's also a life coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. We're getting towards the tail end of our conversations, but this is good, man. I mean, look, we've we've talked about the juggling of age, demand, and profitability. You know, we've gone over some pricing strategies, and pricing strategies is not always just about profitability. Profitability is a byproduct of you maximizing your leads and minimizing your days, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 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 pricing strategies. If you guys are out the watching list, pricing strategies, more leads, less time on your lot, the profit will come. Right? It's a build a dream scenario. No, just kidding. Yeah, um, you don't
0: necessarily just have to drop price. Drop the price again. We talk about yeah. switch leads. There's there's no leads, so maybe I got to drop the price. Well, no, there's five other people in your database looking for a truck at forty grand. Call them and see if they'll switch. So um, yeah, it's just. It's not a one blanket approach.
1: No, and I gotta be honest with you, switch leads is like my new favorite thing. You know, ever since you taught me that kind of that that strategy, I was like,
0: huff, huff, huff.
1: I almost kind of like, I'm shit. Can I go back and buy right, another right. dealership just because of that one reason? Because that is one I totally didn't think of. Um, or or honestly, just didn't have the tools to take action on, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. just like we were constantly in operational land, just Forward on the focus the future the future the future what's next what's next what's next what's next buy more leads. buy more leads yeah well yeah i mean we never really kind of look back and say did we actually optimize this we got in the first place before we just collected more you know and i think you and i are both of us are seeing some of the best operators out there you know that's one thing i will say some of the best operators have learned over the last few years is four years is like um how i can do more with less yeah. you know do i really need to be constantly buying you know, new leads. But hey, before I let you go, though, mm-hmm. any final thoughts around, you know, uh, uh, let's see, data-driven decision-making, pricing strategies, or the juggling of age, demand, and profitability before I let you go? Right, well,
0: here, I'll wrap it up with the fact that, you know, we get sloppy on fresh cars because they're fresh, we got mm-hmm. time, and so we we get, so again, I want to increase the odds of it selling while it's fresh, not decrease it. So it's jacking up prices and hoping that somebody comes in while it's fresh, mm-hmm. one, but two, Oh, it's only a two day old car. Don't worry about that one. Well, hold on a second. What you need to do, I like uh, talk about managing in twos and one one of those twos is being two months from now. Two months from now, this two day old car is gonna be 62 days old. That's gonna fall into January. Is the market gonna be better or worse in January? Well, probably worse in most markets. Okay, well then, what are we gonna do about it now to get off of it in day 10 or day 15 and not let it go? So just, again, think forward what's this car going to look like in 30, 40, is it going to be worse in the market based on all wheel drive, right? Right. We're going in the winter. Is it a front wheel drive vehicle? Right. And I'm going in the winter or a rear wheel drive vehicle going to winter. Is it a convert? I mean, things like that is go, okay, this market is going to be worse by then. Do I want to get off it now or then? And am I going to own it better or worse then? I'm going to own it worse then. so do something about it now. So I think a lot of times we just blow off these fresh cars. Think we got time. I, as soon as I see a two day old car, I'm already moving my time, my mental time forward and like, okay, so you don't have time once you start looking at it that way and um, get off of it sooner than later.
1: Look, that, that, that is literally the definition of being proactive right there. Correct. right uh being proactive. Hey, for everyone out there watching and listening, if you've enjoyed today's content and you'd like to check out more, uh please visit the uh here very soon and in the in the next couple episodes me and Jason have a really big surprise that we're going to be announcing and we are so so excited. Um it's been a lot of work to get to this point. So we're, we're very excited about this next step and this next stage of the Up Bus. But thank you so much, everyone, for taking the time to jam with us today. Uh, you, Everyone have yourself an amazing day. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the UpBus podcast with your hosts, Jason Harris and Jason Rice. To stay up to date with all our content, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.